0: Stu Does America.
1: Head over to studesmerch.com. Stu doesMerch.com. Use the code Stu10 and save 10% on the best in conservative merchandise if you happen to be on YouTube right now. Like this video, follow the page, drop a comment below. We do appreciate it when you do. That helps us grow the show. And that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, anyway, uh, Glenn Beck is gonna join us in a little bit. I don't know why, if we're trying to grow, grow the show, that we're bringing Glenn on, but we're gonna do it anyway. Uh, and we're going to instead, uh, until we get there, talk a little bit about Jason Aldean, a much more marketable figure than our own Glenn Beck. Uh, Jason Aldean, big country star. If you don't know who he is, uh, you might remember, he was the guy who was on stage during the Vegas shooting when uh, the nut job over the, uh, was fired across the street and killed uh, in the worst worst mass shooting in US history. I should say, there's always a qualifier when you say worst mass shooting in history, not including government-sponsored mass shootings. So that's always a little side, uh, a uh, little point there. But uh, yes, uh, this is something that is, uh, was a big, big, Uh, deal. And Jason Aldean's a huge star. He's a a big star. And he's kind of been known as a conservative, though I wouldn't say he's overtly political all the time. Uh, He is a guy who uh, is just a massive country star. He releases a song. It gets played everywhere. That's how this works. Well, he's got a new song out and it's become very controversial. We have a bunch of updates on this song. But in case you don't know the song, let me play you a little clip of it. It is the new one. It is called Try That in a Small Town.
2: granddad gave me. They say one day round well, sh- might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a
1: small town. So there you go. Jason Aldean, try that in a small town. Uh, let's go through what he's actually saying here because you saw the imagery and the imagery is important here. If you're on podcast, he's standing in front of this uh, building, which is important with uh, images of violence, and and uh, I mean, the the most tame thing are protesters yelling at cops, but lots of violence and you know uh, robberies and flags burning and all of these things. Uh, here are the lyrics of the song: Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think that's cool? Well, act a fool if you'd like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. Mm. See how far you make it down the road. Round here we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend that you don't. See, he's trying to give you a way out here. He really is. Try that in a small town. Now it goes into the evil gun part of the song. And you know, guns are evil. Uh, got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that crap might fly in the city good luck try that in a small town see how far you make it down that road round here because we uh, take care of our own you cross that line it won't take long for you to find out i recommend you don't try that in a small town and then uh, full of good boys raise up right if you're looking for a fight try that in a small town and it goes on and on and on that's the whole thing you get it you get the point here right this is something that literally, it, the reason why it works as a song is because every Jason Aldean fan who's sitting in their hometown has said all of these things, right? You wanna go dry all that crap in the city? You wanna burn a city to the ground? Yeah, try that here. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Good luck with that. Because, and you notice that that doesn't happen all that much in small towns. Uh, I can tell you, you know, I, I had uh, watching, you know, all the stuff go on in, in 2020, uh, watching city after city burn to the ground, watching, Police allow protesters, protesters to walk inside their precinct and light it on fire. I thought to myself over and over again, I hope they realize they shouldn't walk down my street because that wouldn't be good for them. They wouldn't want that at all. That would be a bad outcome. Um, you know, people who live in a small town have a different vibe than uh, the city. I, you get a You know, I've lived in cities. I've lived in small towns. I think when you're in a city. Uh, You see a a group of people, generally speaking, who tend to have an attitude of this place sucks. They might like their city, but they don't typically like a lot of the policies of this country. They don't like the history of this country. They think the United States has been a bad influence on the world, not the best country that ever came around. And I think you get a much different sense of community when you're in a small town. I don't think there's much of a doubt about that. And regardless of whether you think it's true or not, every single person who listens to country, who likes Jason Aldean, who lives in a small town has said all of these things in the last year to themselves. You can deny it. You can complain about it all you want. But everybody feels that way. You want to go destroy that crappy city I try to stay out of, except for maybe a concert here or there, or maybe uh, when the basketball team's in town? Uh, you want to go do that? That's fine. Uh, don't do it here. I wouldn't try it here. That wouldn't turn out so well for you. So he's echoing. And again, he, I don't even think he wrote the song. I think it was a songwriter who wrote it, but he's echoing what every single person has said to themselves in the quiet of their own home, not in some racist way, not in, I want to kill people way in a, in a, in a way that says I will defend my turf. You come here and try to light my city on fire. It's not going to end well for you. And that's, by the way, the message we should send to every one of these people who was burning down cities back in 2020. They should all think, God, I don't want to do that because it's not going to turn out well for me. Instead, what we did is we coddled them and we said they were right. And we said, oh, well, they're just acting out because of uh, systemic racism. Even though, I don't know, 90% of the people I saw out there lighting stuff on fire were white. I don't know what systemically was racist about uh, the treatment they received, but somehow they justified it. And the bottom line was at the end of the day... We saw rubble. We saw ash. We saw uh, police in the hospital. We saw regular people uh, in the hospital. We saw businesses destroyed. We saw people murdered. All of this happened. And the, the, the media was there to shrug their shoulders and act like, well, look, you can't you can't possibly expect this to happen in any other way. They're protesting systemic racism after all. And people in a small town said, try that here. Good luck with that. That's the message he's getting across, and I have to tell you, it connects with a lot of people. Of course, then there's the people on the left who are living in a different world than that. They don't recognize that at all. Chris Willman tweeted, I keep wondering where the disconnect exists in a mind like Jason Aldean's. Like, he says he was celebrating homespun virtues. He really doesn't get that to the rest of the world. It sounds completely menacing. Well, you know what? Chris, I think he's connecting a little bit more than you think he is, number one. I don't think it sounds completely insane to the rest of the world, but you know what it should sound like? It should sound menacing to people who want to burn a city down. You should feel afraid of committing those crimes. That's actually the point. We have a police department in every town. Why? To prevent things like this from occurring. You should be scared of doing those things in a small town or a big one. We've just recently decided to abandon the idea of making people afraid of committing crimes in big cities. How's that working out for you? Is that good? You liking that? Liking that outcome? Everyone's fleeing those cities, and they're all coming to uh, uh, red states from blue states. Why? Because they don't like that policy either. The whole defund the police idea, I know it sounds good to you, but to the rest of the world, uh, I don't think it does sound all that wonderful. And you see how many people have backed off of this idea. Uh, Maybe it doesn't sound so good in practice either, even in a big city. Now, Ashton Pittman read deeper into this. And as we all know, look, I don't know Jason Aldean. Uh, He seems like a nice guy. I've seen him in a few interviews. Is he a historian? I don't know. I, I kind of doubt it. Um, I don't think he went through and, and uh, probably did the research on every single event that has occurred at the building he was standing in front of. But this is the new left spin on this, that it was a pro-lynching song. Now, I read you the lyrics. Did you hear anything about lynching in there? No? I mean, I know he was talking about uh, uh, being threatened by people who were committing crimes of violence, but he wasn't actually committing uh, any crime of violence. He was talking about self-defense a couple times. Well, uh, Ashton Pittman writes, Jason Aldean shot this, the video, at a site where white lynch mob strung Harry Choate up at the Maury County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee after dragging his body through the streets with a car in 1927, because this is really what the focus of this video is, a 1927 murder. That's where Jason Dean told us to sing these songs about murdering people who don't respect police. Now, you'll be surprised to hear that the song isn't about murdering people who don't respect police. At no point did he say we should murder people who don't respect police. Um, that's not what he was talking about at all. Of course, as every sane person Would know, but it would be weird for him to be talking about a 1927 murder when he picked his uh, shoot. Maybe he did. I highly, 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 highly doubt it. In fact, I'm pretty sure. Um, But I will say there's been tons and tons of murders that happened during the protests he's featuring in the video. Why don't you care about any of those? I mean, far more murders happened in these other scenes that he's talking about in the video than the backdrop, which is still a courthouse today. Again, it's just a big, impressive building in Columbia, Tennessee. I don't think everyone associates it with this uh, racial incident that apparently occurred in 1927. I will tell you today was the day I learned about that. I uh, didn't know it occurred in 1927, at least in this location. We all know there have been terrible racial things that have happened, but you know what? They've happened all over the country. Where can you film? If you're going to go back to 1927 and say that every crime that has happened on a piece of property makes it unfilmable, I don't know where you would go. There's been lots of bad things that have happened in this country over the years. So what does this all amount to? All this, There's a bunch of liberals tweeting about this. They're getting all upset. Oh, Jason Aldini's so bad. And you think, okay, well, average people know the truth here. They're not going to fall for this crap. And then CMT steps in. Country music television. And what they did, I believe, and this is not confirmed yet, but they called up the CEO and PR team of Bud Light. And they said, hey, how would you guys handle this? And they've decided to now pull Jason Aldean's video, try that in a small town. Uh, leftists, of course, have lost their mind. You can read the story at theblaze.com. They go through all of the reaction to it, and it is pretty ridiculous. Well, Jason Aldean decided to respond to this, and it's a lengthy statement, but I think it's worth hearing from Jason. He says, in the past 24 hours, I've been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song, this is a song that's been out since May, And it was subject to the comparison that I, direct quote, was not too pleased with the nationwide BLM protests. These references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. And there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others who have their own interpretation of a song with music, this one goes too far. As so many have pointed out, I was present at the Route 91, uh, that's the mass shooting in Vegas, where so many lost their lives, and our community uh, uh, recently suffered another heartbreaking tragedy. No one, including me, wants to continue to see senseless headlines or families ripped apart. Try that in a small town, for me, refers to the feeling of community that I had growing up, where we took care of our neighbors, regardless of differences of background or belief, because they were our neighbors, and that was above any differences. My political views have never been something I've hidden from, and I know that a lot of us in this country don't agree on how we get back to a sense of normalcy, where we go at least a day without a headline that keeps us up at night. But the desire for it to, that is what the song is about. So obviously, this is not who this guy is. Uh, There's no evidence of that um, in any way in any of his past stuff. I will say, one thing you could look and find in his past is a, uh, a more moderate view. Let's say on the Second Amendment, uh, then maybe you hold or I hold. Uh, uh, you know, he has been a guy who's talked about worrying about how easy it is to get guns. None of that matters, though. If you take the wrong stance to the left, if you even if you've accepted their nonsense before, they will turn on you and try to destroy your life. I mean, I hope Jason, uh, you know, understands that. I think he probably does now. Um, there's no, there's no gift. There's no uh, gift for you if you've taken a, a left-wing stance in the past. Uh, they You're never gonna be woke enough. It never, ever comes. Now, not everyone was, uh, was so uh, unsupportive of Jason. Now, Roseanne Barr, I don't know if she's a, exactly the right example, but this was a funny uh, tweet. She said, uh, Jason Aldean's next song should be about virtue signaling white women freaking out over a country song while blasting gangster rap in their luxury SUVs as they drop off their kids at schools where furry chil- children crap in litter boxes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no one ever said Roseanne Barr was not funny. Uh, maybe they don't like her that much, but um, I, I bring that tweet up because of the, what she was responding to, which is Sheryl Crow. She, says, um, she said, Jason Aldean, I'm from a small town. Even people in small towns are sick of violence. There's nothing small town or American about promoting violence. How do you get that out of that song? It's incredible. You should know better than anyone know that better than anyone having survived a mass shooting. This is not American or small town like. It's just lame. Well, you know what? Maybe he does know it better than you because he survived a mass shooting. Maybe uh, he's not all for violence like you're accusing him of. Again, what he's talking about is 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 going back at people who are committing crimes, violence, tearing down communities, burning down cities, attacking police officers. That stuff should be Uh, you should be scared of people in small towns if you're going to try that crap. And uh, because that's real. Uh, That's not made up at all. That's real. Whether Jason Aldean says it or not, that is real. You should be scared if you act like that in a small town or in a big town. But I don't think Jason Aldean needs to take advice from Sheryl Crow as to uh, what sort of uh, songs he should be writing. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, the presidential candidate, chimed in as well. Jason Aldean writes a song defending the values that all Americans used to share. Faith, family, hard work, patriotism, only to be immediately sacrificed at the altar of censorship and cancellation. These are the same people who cheer songs like Cop Killer. That's a old song, was that ice tea back in the day? Ice-T's like now conservative. I, I can't even keep track of this crap anymore. Uh, the glorification of sex and violence in hip-hop stands strong against these hypocrites and opportunist frauds. Uh, Jason, it'll be a real shame if the song hits number one. We'll do our part and play it at our rallies. Well, that's cool. And of course, it's good to see, you know, we were talking about Bud Light a second ago. When something like this goes on and you see a company really have to like go, holy crap, wait, conservatives actually, they're paying attention? What, what do we do? They don't know what to do. And of course, it's good to see that positive outcome at the end. Well, how does this story end, at least so far? Jason Aldean, try that in a small town. Number one on US iTunes. Good effort, everybody. Good job on the left. Cheryl, people are really listening to you, uh, really uh, doing a good job alerting people. Okay. Uh, I want to talk to Glenn Beck, uh, of course, here in just a moment. He has a new book out, by the way. It's called Dark Future. You should pick it up. It's available in bookstores now. I know it had a huge first week. We're in week number two now. We'll talk to him about uh, he's got some stuff on Ukraine. We'll go over some of the, um, uh, the developments, including Vivek Ramaswamy from pa- uh, this past Friday's uh, event with all the candidates. We'll do that with Glenn here in just a second. As central banks in countries like China, India, Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same here for the US. With the digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even uh, freeze or seize part of all, or all of your money. Honestly, you want to stay away from the central central bank digital currency, really at all costs. These are some of the reasons concerned uh, Americans reach out to Birch Gold Group. They look at this and they say, "What do I do? How can I have something physical?" What do I do when, with all the spending that's going on, all the inflation that's going on? I need something to push back against this. Well, gold is a great option. It's been around forever, as you know. You can learn if gold is right for you if you text Stu to the number nine eight nine eight nine eight. They'll send you a free info kit on gold. Now, they've got a Birch. Uh, Birch Gold has an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They've got thousands of happy customers, countless five star reviews, and Birch Gold has been helping listeners from this program from the very beginning, it's been a while now, and uh, they wanna help you out with this. Text STU to the number 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold, because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. It's Birch Gold. I wanna bring in Glenn Beck. He's the host of something, I think the Glenn Beck radio program, Glenn TV. He's got a bunch of stuff going on. Yes. Um, and despite the fact that you don't really run this place anymore, they continue to keep you on the air. Right, right, right. Inexplicable. Uh,
0: Okay, well I just want to let everybody know he decided the tone of this broadcast (laughs) and this interview and uh, I was willing to come in and
1: do anything. Oh yeah, you're so usually so open and warm in in these segments and I appreciate that uh, completely. Uh, You do have a show coming up tonight. Do you have any idea what it's about? Yes. Would you like to expand on that?
0: Okay, sure, that's a second question. Um, <laughs> good for a follow-up, Stu. Thank you. Uh, it is on uh, the war in Ukraine. And <laughs> should we be gung-ho? Should, should we, is there a good guy? Is there a bad guy? Are we on the right side? Do we know what side that is? Do we know what our strategy is? Uh, the candidates talk about it. Uh, and we also have uh, uh, a, a little bit of a pushback on uh, Ben Shapiro and, and his opinion on this. I, I think we're we're be giving a, a false choice here.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're friends with Ben, and I, and I know you re- respect him a lot. Um, his opinion. A ton is a little nuanced on this, right? He's not a gung-ho, I want to send troops in there by any means, um, but he does see some upside in in uh, pushing back against Russia. Um, you uh, talked to a lot of the candidates on Friday about their opinion on this, as well as uh, Tucker Carlson at the event. We did, of course, Blaze Media Summit on Friday. The tone of the, of the Republican party has changed quite a bit when it comes to uh, foreign entanglements, wouldn't you say? I don't know,
0: because I don't know what the Republican Party even is. I know that uh, a lot of my friends are who have always voted Republican, but don't consider themselves Republican, have changed on never ending wars. We used to be like, let's go in or kick their butt and we'll come home. And and then we look and see that some of this foreign policy that we've done because we've done it poorly and we've done it. Um, We've done things that the American people didn't know. I I think we're kind of done with it. Um, At least I am. Uh, Unless it is in direct interest of the United States. And I'm sorry, but after uh, 20 years of war and now sending over apparently all of our ammunition, I mean, do we have anything left? It's like, "Hmm, where did I put that stealth bomber? Uh, Maybe we should take care of ourselves a little bit so we can be prepared for anything should the world start to go into real collapse that doesn't mean just abandon the people um uh but it does mean i want some responsibility on the money we sent I- i'd like a bean counter i'd like a, just the most annoying ah, excuse me excuse me excuse me you're missing a dollar on this uh <laughs> i want i want the kind of people that work for me at the company that are constantly going you didn't fill out your forms i don't i don't have i don't have any of your forms in you can't get paid if you don't have your form that's the kind of person i want to have over there watching the money i don't think
1: that's unreasonable it's definitely not unreasonable although it's something that the government is incapable of i think at every turn right i mean i that's a problem yeah i think it's true and especially in a situation like this where I don't know, like, I, I, while I'm, I can understand the, the certainly I, I'm for uh, the concern when it comes to how much money we're spending, I'm definitely, uh, I can understand that, you know, the Ukrainian government, not exactly perfect, there's lots of different uh, criticisms here that I have some sympathy for, but the the one I'm most sympathetic to is, I'm afraid That because of our actions going on television all the time and saying, hey, we're sending cluster bombs over. Look out, Russia. Here they come. And these types of actions is going to escalate to something that spins out of control and we end up with nuclear missiles flying all over the place. World War three is a real possibility here. And I just don't trust the people at all in charge of this to keep us out of it. And I really think that you have to take into consideration in today's world
0: that war is um desired by many because they will make money shift wealth shift uh policies borders currency even it will be the catch-all to change an awful lot look how much our country has changed since covid i mean i i i'm up here at the ranch and we have been doing uh, building up at the ranch for three years still (laughs) And a lot of things have been because of COVID, Uh, you know, the steel isn't here and the glass isn't here and blah, blah, blah. And I I get some of that. But I'm trying to get somebody up here that is uh, a landscape designer and landscape company. People won't even answer their phone. The people who have done work for me before, it's like they've fallen off the planet. It is so weird we have changed our work ethic entirely our country is not the same and that's with seven million dead that's with that that's from us just locking ourselves in our house do you know what a global war would do to the economies of the world you'll shift our entire uh our entire culture our every way of life changes with a war i don't think we should look at this uh lightly
1: Mm. Um, let's go to, uh, we did, there was a lot of Ukraine talk at this event that we did on Friday. You can watch the whole thing on Blaze TV. Uh, if you use the code SUMMIT, uh, you will uh, get 30 bucks off your subscription if you want to watch it. And also included in that is an interview you did with Tucker Carlson. And I found it to be a fascinating interview. I think he's a really interesting guy. Uh, in some ways, I thought he was almost more interesting in the interview with you than he was even with the candidates. You went into mm. his, his, his past I didn't realize some of the stuff that had gone on in his past. You guys talk about alcoholism and substance abuse, not to mention uh, his journey to God. Can you kind of what were your impressions of talking to him in that in that way?
0: Uh, That something big is happening with him. Um, You know, in some ways I thought, wow, maybe God's done with me uh, because he's got another Um, And I think you're hopefully going to start seeing more and more of people like this popping up. Tucker's not a real religious guy, never has been. Um, But you'll notice the last thing he did at Fox was talking about God. When he was at Rupert Murdoch's house, he was talking about God. The first thing he does after he's been let go at Fox is he does the summit, which is a God summit. Um, he is on fire. He said, I I was compelled. I just f- felt like I should start reading the Bible. And he said, I've never read it before. And he said, so I read the New Testament, got all the way through that. And he said, I really read it and I really prayed, enlighten me. He said, now I'm at Leviticus. And uh, he said, everybody told me Leviticus was hard and really boring. He's like, I'm loving it. You know how he gets. <laughs> yeah he is on a journey of sorts and um i'm excited to see where this where this leads he's a guy and i don't say this uh lightly at all he's a guy that i would trust at this point um I, i i don't think i can say that about anybody that i don't really know and work with every day besides like you um uh, because I don't know who's around him, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I trust Tucker, and I trust where he's headed. I don't know where it is, but it's a good place, I think.
1: Yeah, one of the I thought one of the interesting parts of the conversation where you were talking about. Uh, how you only learn things when you get kind of slapped down. You don't learn things when you're at the top of the, your game. And it was interesting to hear him bring that up because that's something you've talked about a thousand times, right? Like going through something like alcoholism, you know, having your you know, family and career blown up, all those things while you really unpleasant at the time wind up being the foundations to everything you kind of become as a man. Yeah, because you lose
0: everything else. You lose all of the easy stuff all the things that you think are important at the time you know your house your money your car your status your friends your your good name all of that stuff is gone it's gone and then you're left with really who am i and if you have the courage to rebuild that and mine your own self you you for the first time have the opportunity to intentionally build, um, your cornerstones and build the framework of who you are. And so if you build it right, it's why you're not afraid. This is what Tucker was talking about. It's why you're not really ever afraid to do something, um, or take a chance because you know who you are and it makes making decisions and living life. Oh my gosh, so much easier.
1: So much easier. Mm. Yeah, it was amazing hearing him talk about that—not even as a something in the past, but something he was—he's going through right now. Right? Like he just yeah. got let go, and he's trying to figure out the world. It was really interesting conversation. Again, it's at blazetv.com/slash do the code is summit if you want to uh, become a subscription a subscriber to Blaze TV. Uh, before we go, Glenn, um, your 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 impression of the candidates themselves. I mean, do you consider yourself a Asa Hutchinson voter yet? How, how did how did the day work out for you? <laughs> I think Asa lost Asa uh, (laughs) at the summit. Um,
0: I'm still a fan of Tim Scott. I don't think he's ready for a presidency. Um, I'd like to see him uh, be more forthcoming on things. I I like just the plain spoken, like Vivek uh, and Donald Trump. Just that's what it is. You know, I'm going to do this um i really like that i I thought vivek did a great job um it was i think he was the only one besides desantis that got a standing ovation um uh, i think the the two for me that really stuck out are really the only three that i would consider voting for um at least at this point vivek uh, desantis and trump
1: Mm, yeah, uh, DeSantis, I think that's your real field. That's your real field right now. Yeah, I and mean, we we're seeing that reflected in the polls now, where that seems to be yeah. those three at the top. Um, you're, so you're no, no consideration for Pence uh, after his his day? No. I mean, I did like
0: the fact that he fights for religious freedom unless you're a priest that disagrees with the Ukrainian war. Uh, then you can be thrown in jail. I, I, it, it's, it's nuanced, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But I think I'm going to take a hard pass on
1: that. Uh, that is one way to put it. Okay, blazetv.com slash stew. The code is a summit for 30 bucks off. Glenn TV coming up here in just a little bit, looking at the Ukraine war. Glenn, from the ranch, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. We started the show talking about Jason Aldean today and going through his saga of releasing a song that said, hey, maybe you shouldn't burn my small town down, and everyone on the left freaking out about that, and now his song was canceled from CMT, but is now the number one song in the country. That's kind of the uh, the bullet point of that of that saga. Well, there's another big uh, country controversy that happened over the past couple of weeks, and, and this one, in some ways, I sort of saw it coming. Um, you know, as a kid, I remember Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, huge hit. Uh, she kind of, I remember her, you know, as sort of a one hit wonder a little bit. Like, I don't remember too much else. I know she was critically acclaimed, though. Uh, as far as pop hits, though, that was the one I remember breaking through. Um, and, you know, it was a song, it was interesting. It was a song, and I always remember it as a song where this is kind of this sort of sad story and they're kind of always driving away from their problems in their fast car. Um, And part of the thing I always remember about it was sort of she was the one who was the good person in the relationship and the guy was kind of a dirtbag, like he couldn't really get a job. There's a part in the song where she says, you know, I have a job that pays all our bills and it kind of gives you this idea that this guy's a deadbeat, right? Like she's the one doing everything and, and he's a deadbeat. Which is why I thought it was a little strange when I heard Luke Combs, the country star, had remade the song. Because, you know, you're changing the gender roles there and now it's a guy saying he's got a job that pays all the bills. And I guess the woman's the deadbeat, which I didn't think you were supposed to say. I'm sure the left was gonna freak out about that. Look, the this, this song's been a huge hit. And uh, good, good for Luke Combs. Good for Tracy Chapman. You think this is a huge win, right? Like you're bringing this song from this uh, African-American artist from what was it, the 90s, late 80s, something like that. And you're bringing it back to a country uh, audience that maybe didn't engage with it back at the time. It's obviously been a long time. I don't know how much money Tracy Chapman's making these days, but I bet the money's rolling in from this huge number one country hit. So long story short, it took a while But then we finally started getting the left-wing pushback. This one from the Washington Post says, as Luke Luke Combs' hit cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car dominates the country charts, it's bringing up some complicated emotions in fans and singers who know that Chapman is a queer, black woman, would have almost zero chance at that achievement herself. Now, this was interesting because, you know, look, what achievement are you talking about? I mean, the song was a massive hit. That's why it was being remade in the first place. You know, it's not a country song initially, so it wouldn't really do well in the country charts. It was kind of a, a, a pop rock song. At least that's what I remember uh, from it. And of course, a lot of people pointed this out. The Blaze had this. Twitter's fact-checking system revealed uh, that Fast Car by Tracy Chapman was nominated for three Grammy Awards, including Record of the Year and Song of the Year. She won for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance and Best New Artist. So she did get all sorts of accolades for this song, even, you know, decades ago. It was a huge hit for her, and she got all sorts of adulation uh, for it. So the only thing that was kind of left in this conversation was, what does Tracy Chapman think? We hadn't heard anything from Tracy, Tracy Chapman on this. Was she upset that Luke Holmes is taking all of her, uh, her song and getting all of the success, and she's left out in the cold? Or is she excited that her song is reaching a new audience? We did finally hear from Tracy Chapman. Here's the quote. I never expected to find myself on the country charts, but I'm honored to be there. I'm happy for Luke and his success, and grateful that new fans have found and embraced Fast Car. So all of this crap from the left gets all spun up, and at the end of the day, Tracy Chapman's totally fine with this. In fact, she's happy about it. Look, wouldn't you be happy? I need a job. I need someone to take one of my old shows, and I need them to make it into success somehow. Okay, and then I need the royalties to to just glom on in. So I'm just getting tons and tons and tons of cash for some old piece of work I did years and years and years ago uh, that someone else is super successful with, but I don't even have to do any work. I don't have to tour, I don't have to record anything new. This sounds like a dream to me. Anyone wants to do that, please just send me the cash. R- let those royalty checks just roll in. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that one. Um, finally, we have a, a Hollywood story. <laughs> You know, talk about left-wing lunatics. They're usually from Hollywood. And Ron Perlman is kind of the king of them. Now, I don't know what Ron Perlman was in or how we know him. At this point, I think he was in a couple of shows, I guess, a while ago. I don't know. I didn't watch them. Um, I don't really know who he is other than the fact that he just occasionally says violent, threatening things to people because he's completely bonkers insane. Well, he uh, put out a video... Uh, uh, basically, getting angry about the strike that's going on for Hollywood. Now, I don't think the strike actually affects Ron Perlman because I don't think he's working. Like, I mean, he's kind of been on his own strike for years and years and years. At least as far as I know, I don't. Is he in stuff? Like, I don't, I don't even know who he is. But uh, he put this video out because uh, there was a rumor about a, a, some studio executives saying like this is gonna last for a while until the actors start feeling financially the pain. And until they start getting kicked out of their apartments, this is gonna keep going on because we're so far away. Well, Ronnie didn't like that so much and decided to deliver a message to those executives.
2: One thing before I get off this,
0: the who said we're gonna keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments Listen to me, mother. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the said that. And we know who said that. And where he lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27. 27- million dollars a year for creating nothing? Be careful, mother, Be really careful.
2: Because that's the kind of That stirs up. Peace out.
1: Mm. Uh, Jason Aldean might say, try that in a small town. Um, but I will say, uh, it's hard to take a threat seriously with all those birds chirping. You know, there's so many happy birds fluttering around, making noise, singing songs, and then some lady screaming, like calling the dog in. It's hard to, it's a very suburban threat. (laughs) And I I see what seems like a nice house. Uh, I guess his house is completely fine. By the way, he did delete uh, the the threatening video, which I think would be a crime, probably, uh, because it was a direct threat at someone he says he knows. Uh, But he did delete it, and he did uh, apologize for it, and um, you know, because he's completely insane, maybe everyone will just forget about it and he'll have a new video threatening someone else tomorrow. What if the supply chain broke down again? We've seen that happen with so many different things. If you've, I mean, I remember during COVID, trying to order toilet paper and it wouldn't come. And then we had tried to order some from China and it took like six months to come in and it came in. It wasn't even toilet paper or it wasn't even, it was paper towels. It, it, they said they were setting us paper towels and it came as toilet paper. These are the sorts of insane things we've gone through the past few years. Uh, and this sort of stuff can happen. We all know with food and, and electronics and cars and, and all this other stuff, we don't think about medication enough. All our medications made overseas. And if the crap hits the fan, China's going to be like, look, uh, screw you guys. We're keeping our meds. If you want to make sure you're prepared for something like that, you got to go to Jace Medical. Now, if you want to make sure there's a if there's disaster comes, if you even if you're just traveling and you just don't want to you want to be prepared, get the Jace case. It's a f- pack of 5 different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, things like respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections and a whole lot more. It's a great way to be ready for shortages, it's perfect for traveling. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the code stew at checkout. Promo code is Stu at jasemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. Uh, We are just, we are so screwed. Uh, Disney's got a new Snow White thing coming out. And of course, Snow White, the reason why it's called Snow White is for the fairness of the skin of the main character, Snow White, that's why it's white. Now look, a lot of these other movies they can remake with different colors and everything else, because it's not really specific, I guess, in the in the in the actual script, it doesn't have to be. I guess A mermaid could be of any color, right? Who knows? But Snow White, Snow White, white—that's the color of her skin. And the Seven Dwarfs, right? They decided to put a Hispanic woman in the Snow White role, which uh, okay. And then the Seven Dwarfs, because I guess uh, Peter Dinklage, the guy uh, you know who was in like Elf and uh, Game of Thrones, right? he's the guy from Game of Thrones. Um, he came out and said, oh, I can't believe they're going to have dwarves in this movie. After he's made, he's got all that elf money pouring in. And now he's like, shutting the door for all the other dwarves out there. Um, and basically the uh, Snow White and the Seven dwarfs they're going to do one little person in the Seven Dwarfs, And then the other six are just like normal sized people. I mean, this is just unbelievable. Uh, and uh, little actors, I guess is what you're supposed to say, because you're not supposed to say other words for them anymore, um, are kind of pissed off about this. They're like, these are our dream roles. Uh, here is a Dylan uh, Postal talking about this. So it's not a progression at all to me. My issue with it is exactly what you said. There are actors, dwarf actors, that, live, that, that dream to be in a major motion picture, such as this Disney remake. And now because Peter Dinklage uh, said what he said last year, now it's taken away. And it's taken away because of quote unquote progression and all that that. It's not, it's not really, it's not right. Because these are roles made for actors of my stature. Roles what? that aren't ever really given. I can't go out for the, the Harrison Ford or the George Clooney roles because that's not for me. These dwarf roles are for people of my stature. Right. And now it's taken away? It's really incredible. Because <laughs> you know, we we've been through these battles recently, like Hank Azaria uh, voiced Apu on The Simpsons, and they tossed him out because he wasn't Indian, right? So you have to be Indian to play Apu. But when there's a dwarf character, we can just put normal full-size adults in that, uh, that role and just take it away from all these guys who are like, hey, wait a minute, I might not be uh, six foot eight but, like, these are the roles for me. There's no cultural appropriation claims here when you're taking all these roles away from these guys. I mean, it really makes no sense at all. Uh, but this is the left-wing mindset. I don't know if it's intentional. I mean, all these things keep coming back to the same. At the end of the day, guys and, and, and white you know, executives wind up winning all these battles. I don't know if they're doing this intentionally. It seems intentional. I don't know if it's that or if it's just a really stupid ideology. Maybe it's just that. That's certainly true. But I don't know what else additional is at play here. We'll see if Disney decides to reverse any of this nonsense. By the way, you can still check out that uh, Glenn interview with Tucker Carlson, as well as the entire uh, big thing from Friday, the Blaze Media Summit. Go to uh, blazetvcom slash do use the promo code summit i think we'll still get you 30 bucks off give it a shot subscribe to blaze tv it helps us put on these events and get all this exclusive stuff where you really appreciate it when you do blaze tv.com slash do